Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Yo. Yo. Aubrey Edwards, Tony Schiavone, we bout to party. We bout to party. Unrestricted. Got the house now. We gon' turn it up, up, bring the house down. Got that big space pump and make them bounce now. Flossing like they bossing and the freaks are coming out now. And welcome once again to AEW Unrestricted. We are the official podcast of All Elite Wrestling. Tony Schiavone and Aubrey Edwards at the helm here. What's up, Aubrey? What's up? I'm doing okay, Tony. How about yourself? I'm doing great. We are very happy to have with us uh, members of the outreach program, the people who, want, who run the outreach program, the community outreach program for AEW. We are talking about the American Nightmare himself, Cody Rhodes, and the beautiful and talented and lovely and great friend of mine, Amanda Huber. How are you guys doing, Cody? Amanda? Well, I I feel like you gave Amanda, you, you said more personal things about Amanda. <laughs> okay. A lot of people care about Amanda and respect Amanda, but I just felt like my instance was lackluster. All right. Let me let me start again. I, we don't have to redo it, but. No, no, we do. No, we we do. do. Okay. Okay. Go again, Tony. Okay. We'd like to welcome uh, the, the two wonderful people who head up the community outreach program for AEW, the beautiful, the talented, longtime friend of mine, Amanda Huber and Cody Rhodes. Guys, <laughs> that was oh, that wow. was way too easy. Somehow, all my time in the wrestling business, I still didn't see that one coming. I really did think that you were going to lay it out for me. Oh man, thanks for having us. Hey, Amanda, it's great to be with you. Uh, do you have of the goals of the program? You sit down, you have some particular goals with this program. I just want to keep doing good and do cool stuff. When this kind of got brought to me, Cody had sat me down and he said, you know, the, what I want this project to be is he goes, I want to do good when nobody's looking. He goes, so if we do stuff on social media to elevate other platforms, it's super cool. He goes, but I just want to do good when nobody's looking. And that's kind of, that's resonated with me and it's stuck with me throughout the whole thing. So I just want to keep doing cool stuff and, and making impactful memories on people's lives. I know how much wrestling's meant to me my whole life to do cool stuff people and and form these memories for other people has been really amazing experience cody i want to talk kind of the same question to you because i know amanda sort of came in after like how did the the impetus of this whole idea come around from your perspective Oof. for me after this uh, amount of time i've been doing i've been a professional since i feel like i was 15 but i've been in the business my whole life and probably a recurring trend with me is whenever i am not at my best. If I don't like a finish, if I'm having a rough day, if I'm not booked, or if I am, or if I'm overwhelmed, whatever it be, a, a recurring trend is there is no experience that will kind of ground you and humble you more than when you do good for others. You know, when we're so inwardly thought about, I need this for me, I need this for me. And then the moment you start doing things outwardly, it can change your perspective. And that was something I learned early in my career. I, I have to 
probably shout out Sue Aitchinson um, of community fame. You know, she heads the community department and created it at WWE. But she was somebody that when I would do appearances with her and things of that nature, you could just see true goodwill being done. To Amanda's point, some people think that community outreach is feeding a group of homeless men and women and putting it on your Instagram live. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. What I'm saying is, for me, we do a lot of things when the cameras are on uh, and we want to promote the community team. We want to promote the activation we're with. But it truly is about what you do when the cameras are not on. Every city we go to, whether it's a family we sponsor and we upgrade their seats or if it's an individual case, a a young man going through chemo and we want to bring them all around and give them an experience like no other. uh, That's the goal. Uh, it It is a growing department. And you'll start seeing it pop up left and right. Not unlike the company that AEW is, we're right now very much, uh, it's grassroots at the moment, what we do. The community team, you're just missing one member, and that would be Captain Sean Dean, uh, who, who is integral to what we do. But it's really just us three. And then we rely on people like Aubrey, people like Tony Schiavone, people like Thunder Rosa, Mark Henry, all these people who have been wonderful about volunteering their services and their time. It's a really good way, and not to put a negative on it, but Tony knows this more than anybody here. It's a really good way to figure out who is a, a good homie, right? who is a good person, and who's not. It's how they do an appearance like this, how they handle these situations. So far, with the groups that Amanda has put together, everyone has been overwhelmingly, oh, I'm so happy to do it. I just talked to Lee Moriarty. He's happy to do it. Red Velvet, always happy to do it. That's a really good sign for the future of uh, AEW and our continued philanthropic efforts. Sorry, very long answer, but it's a very good sign. Cody, you mentioned on groups that Amanda puts together, and Amanda had mentioned that uh, you had approached her about being a part of this. I know as an EVP, this is something very close to you that you wanted to be a part of. Amanda, when Cody approaches you, do you put the groups together? Is uh, How does that all work? So my big thing is when we go into these cities, I try and find kind of a grassroots place. Uh, there's so many amazing national charities like American Cancer Society, just they do beautiful work. When I look at the different cities we're in, I try and find stuff that's specific to those communities. I mean, we've done stuff with Boys and Girls Club that are a little bit more national, but I try and find stuff that's a little bit off the beaten path, just because we have such a beautiful platform with AEW and our fan base that if we have the opportunity to elevate something, I think that's really cool. And, and introducing it to a whole nother community that might not even know that it exists wherever we are. So kind of a follow-up question to that, when we're picking the, you know, groups that we're actually working with, how do you end up picking the talent that's actually participating in these events? Because I know, like, speaking backstage with a lot of people, we're all very interested in different activations, like whether it's, you know, women's rights, LGBTQ, if it's helping homeless people or veterans, like, uh, how do you choose and reach out? Because I'm sure that there's tons of us backstage that all want to be helping out. So for me... I feel like I've gotten to know everybody pretty well and I have a really good relationship. I like to think with everybody backstage. So I've gotten to kind of pick their brains and a lot of them have just come up to me and said, Hey, if you ever do anything with X, Y, Z or anything at all, let me know. So, and then I also try and pick things that are are special to those people. So when we were in Chicago last time, we did a fundraiser for a women's shelter there. Thunder Rosa came to me and she's like, I'd love to do something for a women's shelter. And that's such a sensitive topic that we didn't want to do a visit. We didn't want to do anything like that. So we just were like, you know, we'll do a photo op. Ruby Soho was another one who's like anything, you know, women's shelters or kids. So honestly, the most 
for me, incredible person that I've seen on these uh, community events. Believe it or not, as Malachi Black, especially with anything with kids, it blows me away because he's such a like intense character on screen. But watching him do any of the community stuff melts my heart. Like what just what a good human. Great story. Yeah, I was Aubrey there. Uh, we have so many people and yourself included. Tony's brought uh, activations to us. People who say, hey, are you interested in this? I know this person and they have those inroads built already. Prime example, Black History Month album that is being spearheaded by Mikey Ruckus. It was something he completely brought to us. And that was music to our ears. Beautiful. All we want to do in that case as a community outreach team is how do we support it? And how can we support it in a way that is authentic and sensitive to your needs? And Captain Sean Dean found a great charity, the Bootsy Collins found a charity for that album proceeds to go towards. And I can't wait for that to happen. There's another really big one that's on the horizon in terms of our activation that's going to center around Sandra Gray's fashion show. Uh, we're going to attach a really nice charity component to that. And that will be something that I really like talking about it here because I'm sure it'll get eaten up in the internet space for perhaps people not understanding what it is. But Sandra Gray is wrestling's greatest seamstress. And she is putting together her own line, her own fashion for AEW wrestlers to walk the aisle to. And that evening, all information TBD, but that evening will absolutely be a charitable night. And that's just something I'm excited for our fans to get together on. We gave Heels the sneak peek on that. Uh, very excited about that. And then I have to, in addition to Mikey Ruckus, and I'm so glad we mentioned Thunder Rosa because she's so helpful, as is Mark Henry. But I have to also mention... We do a lot of coordination, community outreach with the brand. And when wrestlers are helping run a wrestling company, it's, it's not always easy to see who's doing what and what's happening. But I'm very excited about the partnership that's coming up between All Elite Wrestling and the American Heart Association. That is a huge, that Brandy Rhodes and the, the brand office and all that and Mandy and, and, and Brandy, I can't say her name enough in this case because I'm so proud of her for putting that together but yeah february is is loaded with we're really getting access as a community team and as a brand office we're getting access that aew has afforded us people know of the show they know we're on wednesdays they know we're on fridays they're excited about our wrestlers the special wish group we just did in cleveland had specific requests malachi black being one of them that's so telling for how great AEW is doing and also our, our chance to do something great for those who watch. You know, some of the events that you guys do are, are one-night events uh, before Dynamite and others are longer campaigns. You talked about the American Heart Association. How do you decide on activation lengths and participation timelines? Amanda, Cody, either one. That's a really good question. I, um, I think with length and, and timelines, it's really a matter of, you, you'll all understand this, but we're a wrestling company, right? And when a wrestling company comes to the table, if they're not familiar with us, they might have some preconceived notions about what wrestling is, uh, what type of TV it is. And it's one of the reasons that other than in this interview, I wear a suit everywhere. The idea of what wrestling is today is very different from what people might perceive it as. So when we have one of those activations that's new, I'll give you a prime example, Playworks. Uh, we work with Playworks. We just did a, a, a meet and greet. The proceeds went to them. I want to make sure that they have the best experience ever with wrestling so that they know 
oh, the wrestlers are good people. The people connected to wrestling are good people. If we go to a Playworks in Houston, in uh, San Francisco, they can go back to Newark and say, hey, how were these people? Were they all these crazy things? And ultimately, we can have a really good report because as much as we love wrestling, it's still worthy harbingers of, of the brand. And we have to carry it out there and explain what what is it that it really is today and, and how do we help people and please come to a show, see what we do. And that that's the best part of the gig. So when you have something like that, I feel like you start small, you earn their trust, you do something, a small bite, a medium bite, and then ultimately you prepare for, hey, is there a bigger thing in the works for us as our company? You trust us. We, we, we trust you. How can we move forward? And hopefully in 2022, we'll have more long-term elements. In the meantime, we're going to and have plenty of times that we come into a town, you know, whether it's a book drive, like we did for Bryce Rimsburg, whatever it might be. Thank you, Bryce, for bringing that to us. I want those groups to have the best experience ever. I want them to be overwhelmed by wrestling. And just uh, Malachi Black's a great example. Uh, the Special Wish group in Cleveland, who's lesser known than Make-A-Wish, but they're doing the same wonderful thing. They've got a great story now with how we handled it. Same as the Dear Jack Foundation. I mean, Amanda brought Dear Jack in. Brandy's used Dear Jack. That's important to me. I just really, it's it's why, I mean, go big show. Oh, I'll give you, any, it's so silly. I'm just going off the handle here. But I remember telling those people the <laughs> first day, the wardrobe people, I'm in a suit and tie in every shot because they wanted, I practically wanted me being my gear out there. And I just want them to know that's not what wrestling is. It's not all 1980s, a promo all the time. There's a different side to what we do. And, uh, I just, I, I think our team's great. If I don't shout out all the members of our team, I'll get yelled at, but they're great. We're talking with Cody and Amanda, the outreach team. The community outreach team will have more on AEW Unrestricted. You're listening to AEW Unrestricted, the official podcast of All Elite Wrestling. Tony and Aubrey here with the wonderful and amazing Amanda Huber and Cody Rhodes of the AEW Outreach Community Team. They're doing some excellent work in all the cities that we go to. We're doing smaller activations with individual groups, with individual people and families. We're starting to branch out to larger stuff like the American Heart Association. Lots and lots of really fun stuff there. I kind of want to jump back to that a little bit before we go into other stuff, but is there a particular activation that each of you has really enjoyed? So for me, I've got two. Uh, the bowling is going to hold a special place in my heart because that was my first big event and it was so much fun. I was convinced it was going to fail. So being pleasantly surprised. <laughs> and then also uh, in Kansas City, we worked with Happy Bottoms doing a diaper drive. It was my very first activation that I did before it happened. It was so last minute, like was literally getting put together Tuesday night, Monday slash Tuesday. And they were very apprehensive about, you know, like Cody said, of what we brought to the table being pro wrestlers. Everything was so last minute with it. So before the event, Cody kind of sat me down. He's like, just so you know, if this bombs, it's not on you. Nobody's, you know, and, and I kind of went into it going, oh my God, this is going to be so embarrassing. And we had um, Alex Reynolds and 10 in the dark order. And so if you brought a pack of diapers, you got a photo with them. And I fully expected it to just be awful. Like I expected maybe 10 people to show up and it was just going to be embarrassing. We got so many diapers. The line was absolutely enormous and people were so excited to do it. And it was such a cool moment for me because I was like, okay, cool. I'm not a failure. So for me, <laughs> a little bit selfish of a reason, but to make me feel like I wasn't, you know, I was doing a good job and like I did something that worked. So for me, that's what I say. That's a really happy bottom. It's really fun. It's a great photo. 
for me, I really enjoyed. They were brought to us by uh, our friends at the Jags, Mega, Margaret, and Sean Dean helped. One of the first things we did was canines for warriors, a group that sets up veterans with dogs. But that setting up a dog in need with a veteran and, and seeing that synergy there, that was very nice. I loved our friends at Canines for Warriors in Florida. Very, very nice. And then, oh, I was going to say Paul's, but that's another dog <laughs> element on top of it. I, I really like the folks at Playworks uh, a lot. I thought, thought they were really wonderful or who came to the Prudential Center. I'd like to see see that uh, move forward and I have a lot of love for them. Uh, there was a really great art commission for loaves and fishes that Charlotte, uh, the Bojangles Coliseum did. I mean, really, it's almost, if you're asking me what's what I like the most and what's my favorite, it's usually, oh, this was the most recent one. Uh, because Amanda mentioned, I think a lot of times, oh, well, you know, maybe nobody will come or they may not be interested in this. This is a lot to ask fans. Hey, bring books, bring diapers, bring school supplies. It can't bomb, in my opinion, because even if one person comes it was ultimately all worth it. I understand the optics of it all and things of that nature. I'm a selfish wrestler myself, but if one person comes, we've done something good. And man, that makes your day just feel great. And you guys know how sometimes days can be long at TV. They can be the most fun you've had in your life, but that's a really special thing. What is, uh, ex- explain to us, Cody, to pick up on that. What does Playworks do for those who don't know? Playworks, the organization tries to provide character building exercises via proper play is what they refer to it as. So what back in the day would be recess for me, they help facilitate games and things that you can do and kids can do to build those character skills growing up in in what they would call proper play. That's a really rudimentary outlook on play work, but they're, they're active in their various communities at building kids character as they go. Appreciate that answer, and uh, Amanda, want to want to go to you, uh, varying a, a little way ways from uh, community outreach. You've been very supportive on social media of women wrestlers of our women talent. Talk about the importance of recognizing, supporting, and really lifting up the women performers in the wrestling business. Wrestling, I've said this a million times before, but wrestling is the first thing I ever fell in love with. I've loved it since I was a little kid. A lot of people are very surprised to find out I used to wrestle. I wrestled for a a little over 10 years, um, stopped when I got pregnant. But back when I was wrestling, I was terrible. And people are like, oh my God, I would love to see one of your matches. No, you wouldn't because I I didn't have to be good. And nobody took girls seriously back then. So seeing how far women's wrestling has come over the past 20 years has been just beautiful to me. And we have such a cool and diverse roster that I feel like it's so important to elevate those women and to have little girls see strong women that they can look up to and little boys too to know that it's okay to appreciate these incredible role models we have. Our TNT women's champ, uh, Jade Cargill, she's a mom and she's just kicking ass and she's so incredibly put together. She's so kind in real life, but not on screen, but you know. Sure. And she's such a just great example of what I think how far women's wrestling has come. She's not just out there to be a pretty face. She goes out there and she trains and she works really hard. Ruby Soho, someone like her years ago would have never been on TV. And so having that representative, I just think it's so cool. The huge diverse women's roster, um, someone like Nyla Rose, who's so dominant, so cool and just who she is. 
I don't know. I have nothing but good things to say. So we can go on for hours and it'll be a totally different podcast. But I think what AEW is doing with their women's division is so cool. I don't know if you guys agree or not. I think our women's roster, I'm including our, our women, the women of AEW, I think so much pressure is put on them. Oh, boy. <laughs> when women have a main event, everyone wants to see what their rating is. When women sell a shirt, everyone wants to talk about the shirt. When women have an action figure, everybody wants to see what price point it's at. It's almost an unrealistic pressure. I feel like every time that pressure has been presented, they've shown out. And that, like, for an old curmudgeon wrestler who's been like, that's real change, if that makes any sense. And I know it's probably tone deaf for a man to talk so heavily about women's wrestling. But to me, that's real change. Because I entered AW not perhaps the biggest fan. And I'm not saying I wasn't and I wasn't. But now, like, there are guarantees on our show. You put Serena Deeb out there, you better have your working boots on or she'll outwork you. Right. The best. That's genuine change at wrestling. It's really cool to see. I mean, because I'm at the school now. We've got like five girls in this camp. And it's not that back then there wasn't an example to look at. But now, like, the pressure is on. It really is. And there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of male wrestlers who behind the scenes are like, ah, who kind of are rooting against it. And I'm not saying at AEW. I'm saying in the general space of wrestling. And they need to hop on because it's happening. It's growing. It's building. And really cool to see. And as a wrestler on the show, it's another top person. Hey, you know, John Moxley doesn't have to wrestle every week because Jade can go out there and wrestle. Thunder can wrestle because Deeds can wrestle because Britt can wrestle. Like it, it's endless. And then, you know, like my favorite women's wrestler is my wife. And I have to say that over and over and over and over again. But that's another like she had a baby and came right back. Man, like that makes I'm just very proud out of everyone who under extreme pressure that is, I think, unfair continue to deliver not to interrupt you but i think what also is so cool about AEW is we've got somebody like brandy who's in not only in the ring but she's also our chief brand officer and of course like how am i forgetting miss aubrey edwards like we have a female referee i never in my lifetime like watching wrestling growing up never would have thought i'd see that and so like seeing that is so cool as a lifelong wrestling fan i got got an aubrey story right Uh oh oh boy (laughs) i'm not gonna name names but and i don't think people can read between the lines so i think this is pretty safe there was a wrestler in year one of all the wrestling who privately told me i don't want aubrey in my matches because it just i wouldn't you know like she's you know and he was really trying to say she's not a man why would i you know like he was leaning that way Fast forward to three years later, that individual is requesting, is requesting Aubrey for the matches. I know who it is. <laughs> yeah, to Amanda's point. So kudos to all involved. I like all our refs, you know, I like them all, but kudos to all involved. I just want to touch on a little bit, kind of combining Amanda and Cody's points, how we have these strong, amazing women at the company and these women that have multiple roles at the company. Like, I think... The first conference call I was on with Brandy post Libby was like three days later. Yeah. Because that's just the kind of person she is. <laughs> it's, I mean, Cody, you say she's like your favorite wrestler, but honestly, like she's one of my favorite people and I find a lot of inspiration out of her. So where I'm getting with this segue, we have these, these two amazing parents who are heading up this community outreach team. 
who are both heavily involved in the company. Uh, one is a wrestler and one is, you know, trying to keep negative one from beating all of our wrestlers <laughs> backstage. Cody, since the last time you were on this podcast, you've had a beautiful baby girl, Libby. How do you guys as parents and employees of AEW handle all of this stuff? I've got two cats that are pretty time commitment. <laughs> They're a huge time commitment. I don't even know how you guys do it. Can I answer first? Um, I don't. I, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know, like, social media has it made it very acceptable to assume that, like, I have my shit together. Excuse my language. I promise you, I don't. I am in my guest room right now because it's clean and quiet, but my house is half the time it looks like a tornado went through it because I've all experienced my children. They're beautiful amazing little boys but they are one is named rhino what is named legal name a lot of people don't understand that that is his legal birth name is nolan rhino like r-h-i-n-o so he lives up to his name oh yeah i try really hard i, I work really hard to try and create a balance but honestly i don't have it i'm still figuring it out but at the end of the day my kids are the most important thing to me and being a good mom and being somebody that I can make sure they're proud of. So doing these community things, I get to come home and I tell Brody about it. There was a moment in Orlando. We were at the show and I had brought the kids with me because it was a Saturday show. Somebody had brought, I think a person with disabilities backstage um, as a fan, like something separate from the community. Brody ran around grabbing people to meet this gentleman and was like, and he came up to me and he's like, I kind of think I know what you do now. And I want to do this when I get older. He's like, this is awesome. And he was like flagging people down. And I'm, I'm sitting, I sat down to meet with Vicky and Sandra about this community fashion show. We were having a meeting about it. And I'm watching him out of the corner of my eye, like flag people down. And he's like, Ruby, Ruby, come here. This guy wants to meet you, Ruby. And he's like screaming across the thing. And I'm like, oh my God, what is this psycho doing? <laughs> and so I'm like trying to keep an eye on well, him. Well, you can't say no to the kid. He, he couldn't. It, like nobody could say no to him. And it was just a really <laughs> cool experience that he can kind of see like a little bit of what I do um, and understand like how cool it is. In my minimal experience as a, as a father, we're on seven months now. One thing that it is the schedule that the con, Tony Khan, I'm not going to say his initials because I'm trying to break that habit, but the con has put into a schedule that is so conducive for family life. And the proof is in the baby pool. Take a look. Alex Reynolds, beautiful baby. Mox, beautiful baby. Turner, beautiful baby. Hangman Adam Page, beautiful baby. Myself, the most beautiful baby. So you have, I, there might even be another one. You have all these con babies. Uh, Nick Jackson, Bryce Remsburg. Yeah, babies. Bryce, of course. Babies everywhere. Bryce is like the gatekeeper, too. When someone announces they're pregnant, he has a book to give you. Bryce is very good about all that. But it's just this great time in wrestling. And Tony might, he might be able to speak to this in the mid-80s when Crockett was making all that money and you guys were spending more of it than you guys were making, but you were having the best time of your life. Wow. All of them, you know, Arn's, Arn's going to have a family. Rick's going to have a family. Dusty's going to have a family. So it's a really great sign at how good the wrestling business, the place we're in. Tony's allowing people, he's up to the pay for. The talent are making a proper wage. Their schedule is paradise. It's unlike any wrestling schedule that's been done before in terms of the amount of time you have with your family. It's just very conducive for a wrestler finally to have a family. Like, I don't know how many 
meetings I said through growing up in the business where somebody would tell you, Hey, if you want to have a family, this isn't for you, or you're not going to see them. And yep. I know it's very real because of my dad and, and his relationship he had with my oldest sister and oldest brother, but now it's different. And that is a really, really just a special thing. I don't take it for granted at all. I'm very shout out to the con because the con babies are, are living their best life. Also, uh, shout out Captain Sean Dean, baby on the way. Absolutely. Kyle O'Reilly, who just had a baby like two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. <laughs> Babies everywhere. Babies everywhere. And we're coming back. Tony. <laughs> yes. Here was my idea for the TV championship. I thought that I could make Libby the champ. But because she's not of age, I would hold the belt for 18 years. <laughs> that was the idea. And I thought that would really set the internet on fire. It was not, it didn't make it far, that idea. It didn't go far, but I was close. My favorite was when they were doing the brackets for the, the tournament and Cody would just walk up and be like, do you hear this new chick that they're bringing in? Like, I can't believe that they do this. Oh my God. Every time. And he'd be like, and he'd get everybody all riled up. I'm like, oh God, who's, who's he bringing in? What, what now? And he's like, yeah, I need a picture of Libby. And we're like, Damn it. Damn it. Oh, that's tremendous. Got him. And we'll continue on AEW Unrestricted with Cody and Amanda in a few minutes. Tony and Aubrey here with AEW Unrestricted. We've got Amanda and Cody talking wonderful things that they're doing with the community outreach team, as well as, you know, just all the amazing things that are going on in their life. The last time we had Amanda on, it was a bit of a tearjerker. And uh, we had all kind of made the note that we were going to... uh, you know, make sure you, we had you back for a more positive podcast. I'm glad that we're keeping our promise on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I also kept my promise on something and got you a trophy for the most depressing podcast ever on AEW Unrestricted. So genuinely have this trophy. And because I have a very sick, twisted sense of humor, like Miss Aubrey, um, this sits on the cabinet uh, right by my front door next to my husband's ashes. <laughs> yes. Just because I think it's really funny. Can't get that info everywhere, I can tell you that. <laughs> I think it's funny. What am I supposed to put on there? Congratulations? Like, that's just shitty. <laughs> if I don't laugh, I cry. So, like, we're going to keep a sense of humor about it. It's fine. We're just going to make everybody else uncomfortable with it. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go to some uh, f- questions we got from the internet, from Twitter. Uh, Cody, this one is for you. It's from All Elite Tiffany. Our girl. Can we start an online outreach where fans can help even when they're not in attendance? Yeah, well, a lot of the activations, if you just look at their the materials and the copy of the, the tweets or the Instagram posts, there's their website and then there's their, their simple donation link. And again, nothing is ever a fail. If you donate $1, that's better than no dollars to these activations. And another thing, kind of piggybacking off our question, if we have looked into doing something with you as far as charity, whether it's loaves and fishes, whether it's Playworks, whether it's Paul Chicago, then we have looked at you as much as they probably looked at AEW, meaning we respect this charity, we trust this charity, and we trust the transition of the funds. So absolutely, if you see it come from the Community Outreach Twitter, if you see it come from Amanda, Captain John Dean, Mark Henry, Thunder Rosa, Paul White, if you see it out there from us, feel free to trust it if you trust us at least uh but yeah i think another area to help with what tiffany's saying is actually very good criticism our our comment is the aw community page we're updating it kind of as slowly but again it's a startup 
outreach organization that Tony Khan gave his blessing for us to start. So you'll see it expand and grow just like the brand did. I don't want to have a Dunder Mifflin-like website that just says we're working on it for 10 years. We're, we're getting there. Uh, and that's that will be the great place to look to see where fans not in attendance can help out. Got a question for Amanda. Hope Glory 3 on Twitter asks, what is the most moving, emotional, or inspiring moment that you've had so far as part of your work with the community outreach team? That's a tough one. Probably because it was the most recent, but when we're working with a special wish in Cleveland and meeting these kids who have survived awful uh, leukemia and brain tumor, just and meeting these kids and how excited they were to be there, how much they loved the wrestlers and how much fun they had. That was really cool, especially as a parent, because I just can't picture, and, and you know, I don't really want to talk about John, but like watching my husband be sick was tough. I don't think I could have that situation with my kids. It's different and it's a way more helpless feeling right. when your kids are sick. And even the very mild sicknesses my kids have had has been awful. So meeting these parents and knowing we're making such cool memories for their entire family and them thanking us. It was like, no, thank you guys for being fans. And thank you for coming. And thank you for working with us. And anything you need, let me know. And there's one photo of one of the little girls named Kendall. And she was just such a little spitfire. She was so cute. And she just loved it. And she was having so much fun and, and talking to her and her family. It was, it was really moving for me, at least. Uh, this one uh, comes from Amy Nemity and Cody. Do you get to hear positive feedback on how you've helped with organizations following up afterwards? Oh, well, we we always like to, I don't know if exit interviews is the way to look at it, but we are absolutely, we're not a situation where we're in and out, just get the goodwill and then get a photo op and then we're on our way. Our philanthropic efforts, when I, when you look at the actual department and how we want to start it, these are all we're building. So absolutely, we're getting great feedback from the partners we've worked with at the building. And we're learning what we can do just to keep expanding it and keep growing it and have essentially, you know, like Brandy has done with the American Heart Association and AEW, I would like the community outreach team to have some specific places that we can regularly rely on and go to and partner charities that's the ultimate goal so with that in mind we have to give them the best experience it's a great question we've gotten really positive feedback and we've also gotten feedback to help us further a lot of people who've met me in line specifically at a community event a good chunk of them have had something that they also would like to see service and i like to hear that out i like to hear how we can help because of the arduous nature of wrestling and the schedule and all that i'm a little slower than others but that's why i've leaned so heavily on Amanda, as the official coordinator of the All Elite Wrestling Community Outreach Program, which she is, Captain Sean Dean and, and Thunder and all the folks out there who are, who are moving and uh, grooving for us. We have a question from someone named Charlotte on Twitter. The software and bowling events were amazing. Those were at All Out and Full Gear, respectively. Are we going to keep doing these major events for pay-per-views? That's the plan. Uh, we have some stuff in the works right now for revolution in March. And I have some ideas for uh, all out. I don't want to spoil anything because I don't want to get people's hopes up, but I have some cool stuff that we are kind of working on. I got to actually sit down with captain this week because he's helping me get that kind of together. But the the goal is to have a big event at every pay-per-view that we could do something really super cool um, with the fans. Cause the bowling event was so much fun having the chance to be with our fans and having them 
around us in such a relaxed environment. Everybody got to meet who they wanted and they got pictures and the the response was so overwhelmingly positive from it that it was such a cool experience from not only just fans, but all of our talent. Aubrey, you bold. Everybody had a really good time. Bold is a strong word. <laughs> <laughs> to her point about those big activations like bowling, like the fashion show coming up, mm-hmm. that harkens all the way back to the territory days of wrestling when Eddie Graham would send his champion to the you know Rotary Club. That's a old school thing that Tony has been so good about us doing. It's it is it definitely has benefits to the AEW brand, and that's wonderful. But as the talent doing it, you're never necessarily thinking about it. People who came to bowling had no idea what to expect. Every talent who attended that, I could take that talent into battle every single time because. AEW showed up and showed out. They made every fan was seen, was spoken to. There wasn't this barricade between us. And as long as those events are like that, we're going to continue to do so. I mean, and it's amazing. I like to almost cause an uproar with our events. Really? That's, I really do. I wore this ridiculous <laughs> outfit. I walked downstairs and I stood in the bar with my bowling bag that had nothing in it. I bought a bowling bag with nothing in it. And the reason I did it, I wanted everyone to see like, oh, well, I was at the bar on my second bottle of wine. But you know what would be cooler if I actually went and saw the benefits of the work you do? Yeah, it's great to be on TV. It's amazing. It's cool to have an action figure. But if you can literally meet someone who is affected by you, it'll change your life forever. And in the process, you're changing their life. So much of these activations are like, genuine therapy for me. And I know that sounds super selfish, but it completely puts it all into perspective for for me. Okay, they offered me this amount of money and this amount of money, and I'm going to do this match and that match and this pay-per-view and all that. But nothing is like that fan experience. And so far, community outreach with softball and with the bowling, we're going to continue. I want these events to become so big, they become a legitimate problem. Like, <laughs> I want, we had almost a thousand people packing that bowling alley, people standing up on tables, giving out trophies. It was the best. We, we sold out in what, 24 hours? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a cool event. Very proud of it. It was a very cool event. Very cool. Uh, w- one other question, uh, because we're getting short on time here, and we may have answered this already, it comes from at Donut Shop. Do wrestlers volunteer for the local programs? How do you decide who's a good fit for each charity? I think we've talked about that, kind of. A little bit. So everybody's constantly always, at least to me, hey, if you need me for this, that I try and pick people who are relevant to whatever we're working with. So when we were in D.C., I was really proud of myself in D.C. because I actually had three events that I was attached to running at the exact same time. I had worked with uh, Evil Uno on getting that charity Twitch stream set up. And I can't take full credit. That was 100% the AEW Games team. Uno, Aubrey, I know you guys did that. But I went to him and I was like, hey, I have this idea. And he's like, yes, let's do it. So I'm going to take a little bit of credit, just like a tiny sliver, not a lot. But so we had that going. We had a fundraiser uh, at Jimmy's Seafood uh, in the Brigancy Brigade, where we had Mark Henry, Matt Hardy, the acclaimed Captain Sean Dean Relvevit doing a meet and greet dinner. And then Thunder Rosa and Will Hobbs came with me to DC Parks and Rec and got to play basketball with some of the inner city Parks and Rec kids. And so it was really cool 
Hobbs had talked to me after the event and he's like, that was me as growing up. He's like, I was the parks and rec kid playing basketball. He's like, I would have loved to have something like this. So having, you know, someone like him who's able to connect with the kids the way he did and, you know, Uno being super passionate about the video games and you being super passionate about the video games. I try and at least grab people who gravitate towards whatever we're doing. I was going to say, we've been asking people, will they attend? We've had people volunteer. And I can flat out say we have not had one person yet say no. The moment we do, you'll both get a text. (laughs) Y'all are both behind the scenes at AEW in a way that fans are aware. And that to me is a, I mean, it's one thing if someone's having a bad day. But if you flat out don't feel like taking your fame, which you've accrued because of potentially AEW and helping out a community activation, you're on my list of never lay down for avoid at all costs. You're on my list. And right now the list is empty. Very good. Amanda, what do I ask you every week? Is anybody being mean to you? He thinks everybody's mean to me. Nobody's mean to me. (laughs) What? You're like the last person anyone would want to be mean to. And they're going to (laughs) roll. We do not want heads to roll, but we want to continue to do great work for us. We love you both very, very much. And we appreciate the work that you've done for us. We really do. You're two of the special people uh, in the backstage area. You really are. Thanks a lot for being you, both of you, Amanda and Cody. I love you both so much. (laughs) Thank you guys so much. Thank you. And thank you so much for spending all of your time with us. I know that it's a busy day for everybody. There's a ton of meetings all over the place for AEW. So taking a little bit of time and spending it with us so that we can talk about all the amazing stuff you guys are doing is fantastic. You can listen to and follow this podcast, AEW Unrestricted, for free at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch the video version of this podcast Mondays on YouTube. Just search AEW Unrestricted. And Tony, I'm going to make you say it. Where are all the places you can watch AEW? Uh, we've got, of course, so we got Elevation on Mondays. We have Dark on Tuesdays on the YouTube channel. On Wednesdays, live on TBS, there's AEW Dynamite, 8 o'clock, 7 central. And Fridays, there is Rampage on TNT, 10 o'clock, 9 central. That's the gamut for right now, but you never know. Remember, if you want to perform on all those shows and you don't do any community service, Cody will never lay down for you. (laughs) Never. Ever. Never. I refuse. I'll just won't. I'll get I'll get counted out. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm Tony Shivani for Aubrey Edwards and for Amanda and Cody. Thanks for listening to AEW Unrestricted. Yay! Come on, throw your hands up, let me see you. Unrestricted.